This morning, we get to hear from our global partner uh, in Germany, Stefan Weil. And uh, Stefan and I and, and us, we go way, way back when he was a, a new church planter in, the for, in former East Germany. And Stefan, I'm going to ask you to just go ahead and come up here and join me because I'm going to pray for you. Let's welcome Stefan to our stage today. Um, I, I, I'm going I'm, I'm to be quick because I want him in his message, a word for us today. Rob and I asked him to, to, to speak related to the gospel of Advent. And you'll hear it in his message. We just said, take a passage and remind us uh, as we're reminding ourselves, Advent means anticipation. It, it's the coming and it's the, wait, the awaiting. But Jesus' coming is our going and telling. See, the movement goes like this. It's not just he's come. This is great. No, he's come and then we go and tell. And so Stefan has a word for us related to that this morning. I'll have a couple questions for him when he's done and, and we'll pray over him. But I wanna pray for him now as he opens the word. Father, thank you so much for Stefan's availability. Thank you for his faithfulness through the years. Holy Spirit, fill him as he opens your word to us in these moments. And Holy Spirit, fill us as listeners. May we see and hear your word to us today. May we respond in faith. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. Good morning. So good to be back here. Um, we were invited last year to come, and then COVID hit us as a family. We had to cancel the flight right a couple of days before we uh, had planned to leave. This year, at least 50% made it here. My wife is sick again. So um, it's, uh, that's, that's part of the ministry. So. <laughs> But it's good being back here, seeing some familiar faces, and um, it's, it's a little bit like coming home. We are, like you said, 15 years, and I think it's the, the 10th time being here or whatever. It's, it's great. What message do you expect when one of the global partners, a missionary, a passionate church planter, a director of a missions organization for Europe, um, preaches in your church service? Probably a sermon about missions. What do you expect um, when... One of the global partners preaches during the Advent season, probably a sermon about Advent. So we'll try to bring that together. Um, what do you generally expect from, from you or other Christians um, who want to grow in faith? Maybe obedience? Where do you see yourself in five years from now? How and where do you serve God? Sometimes... This kind of question can make, oh my goodness, maybe I'm somewhere, I don't know. But I don't, I'm not, I'm here to, not to recruit you. I'm here to share the gospel with you. Good news is not an agenda for us to do. The gospel is God's agenda for us. Not for our head, for our hearts. Not for our to-do list. Ideally, the gospel triggers a grateful response. When I think about the German context, um, I realized that a false definition of gospel has crept in and spread um, in, in recent decades. In addition to a secularization, 
um, of our continent through societal change, uh, I would call it a double immunization, has taken place in which we as a church have unfortunately, t unfortunately actively participated. One thing was watering down of the gospel has taken place due to an attitude of biblical criticism as a result of which the church has eroded its own credibility. And the question was, why should someone, why should people concern themselves with faith if the church gradually doubts and abandons belief that have been believed for centuries by all Christians all over the place? Just because they are currently con considered outdated or no longer communicable. Second point is, by reducing the gospel to its ethical or political dimensions, the impression has been created that the, the Christian faith is, is all about being a good and helpful citizen who promotes the common good. And to be honest, you don't actually need faith for that. And if the gospel is used and sometimes misused as a motivational speech to appeal to our behavior, this, is completely, this completely misses its actual core. Don't misunderstand, and I hope I'm not miscommunicating due to any language barrier or pronunciation things. Um, God wants our behavior to become more and more like him, but the gospel is not just the message of discipline, of behavioral adjustments or self-improvement. The gospel is the good news that everything has already been done for us. And the gospel wants to invite us and take us with it. Imagine the first disciples had heard from Jesus or the first, the first thing they, have, they had heard from Jesus was go and preach and make disciples and teach and baptize and know that I am with you. They probably would have scratched their head and said, Jesus, what, what do you want from us? But when Jesus tells them this at the end of their three years together, embedded in the Great Commission, they understand a little more because they have come to know the Jesus with whom they are now standing on the mountain in Galilee. They can better understand when he is saying from Matthew 28, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. It's interesting. Jesus sends out people who do not understand everything with the good news to people who understand even less. Jesus sends out former spiritually dead person to spiritually dead out of love. And this is the reason Jesus died, to give us new life. I worked in emergency services for, for almost 15 years and I can assure you that a dead person cannot resuscitate themselves. That is impossible. It needs an outside intervention. 
But I know from my dad, he was resuscitated. That's a, that's a difficult word, resuscitated himself, that he had a, a different relationship um, to his new life afterwards. He was more grateful. He was more patient. He was more loving. And the more we are aware of the state from which God has freed us, the more our behavior will change out of gratitude. How does all that fit in with Advent? About 34 years before this conversation took place on the mountain in Galilee, another conversation took place between God the Father and Jesus the Son. My beloved son, I can wait no longer. I will now fulfill the promise I made to Abraham many centuries ago at a time when he was waiting for his son. Go, leave your homeland, your comfort zone. I will bless you with a land and a large family. From your family, the Messiah shall come forth. And my people have been waiting for you, Jesus, ever since. And now you go and tell them the good news. Show my people what I am like. Demonstrate to them what it means to be my child. After that, God said to the angels, go and tell. And the, angels go, the angel goes to Mary and Joseph and said, go to Bethlehem. Leave your comfort zone. Joseph would have loved to go too, but God stopped him. Running away doesn't count here. And God again said to the angel, go and tell the shepherds to go. They had to leave their comfort zone as well. And then God said to the stars, go and tell the astrologers. And the astrologers understood and they left their comfort zone and set off. Waiting, going and telling, proclaiming are integral parts of God's Christmas story of God's salvation story. And so after a long period of waiting, Jesus is born in this ancient Advent season, this time of arrival. And God has involved people from different cultures, um, different walks of life and all ages in his rescue mission. God becomes flesh in form of a baby. That sounded just inappropriate and unbelievable back then as it does today. But that's what our world needs to hear. Because God doesn't always give us what we wish for, but exactly what we need. And now here I am. Out of my comfort zone. Insecure. Anxious constrained by my knowledge of a foreign language, but motivated by the gospel. The gospel frees me from pressure to perform. I'm here to tell you the gospel, to remind us to the gospel. The good news is we don't need to be afraid of go and tell. And this is the reason why I followed the invitation. God convicted me last week through the Holy Spirit 
I was sitting in a comfortable chair in my heated office in our church building, talking enthusiastically with my colleagues about church plant and Europe and the big vision and, and missions and strategy and lots of responsibility. And, and while at least 200 people, mostly Muslims, refugees, were learning German in the language school in our church building, who, to be honest, I had been completely indifferent to until then. I hadn't perceived them as people God had sent to us. I was far too busy organizing and doing and leading and organizing church and thinking about the kingdom of God and missions somewhere. Isn't it ironic? And maybe you're excitedly telling someone about the generosity of your church for missions while at the same time close the door of your house because your new neighbors, Muslims, are annoying you with, with their loudness, their noise. What if go and tell doesn't mean going to Africa or Europe as a missionary, but to your neighbors to cook out with them and listen to their perhaps boring medical history? <laughs> What if Go and tell means for us to rethink and reformulate the Christian answers we have always given out of love for people who don't understand the answers we have always given. What if go and tell is not a 10 steps program, but a lifelong training? What if go and tell means that we stop complaining about the bad times and the secular development in our countries and instead see them as opportunities and possibilities given by God? These are current questions we are asking ourselves in Germany because we have to ask them. The time when people came to church in the land of the Reformation is definitely over. But the Great Commission never has been, let them come, but go and tell. We can't be a disciple of Jesus if we don't meet with unbelievers, sinners, and tax collectors to eat with them like Jesus did. I've known many churches who prayed and donated and clapped for missions while staying away from non-Christians in their neighborhood so as not to be conformed to the world. Honestly, I've had many good conversations about the gospel, not in our church building, but in the gym. Not in Germany's Bible Belt but in one of the most atheistic places in this world, in former East Germany. If you ask me what go and tell looks like in Germany and what you can perhaps learn from it, we try to keep our church program as slim, as lean as possible. What does it really need? What does it really take to be a church. We don't want people to be in the church building every day surrounded by other Christians and then think that's discipleship. Instead, we want them to invest as much time as possible in their relationships with their not yet believing friends and neighbors and family. Discipleship and spiritual growth happens out, outside the church building. This is just the training center. 
and the mission center. C.S. Lewis, the British author of The Chronicles of Narnia, was able to, at least in part, to write his brilliant books, which became known far beyond the Christian context because he had the circle of friends, the Inklings, which included a devout Catholic, an anthroposophist, an esotericist, and a woman with an illegitimate child. And incidentally, he was not part of a small group or a Bible study group. C.S. Lewis. Jesus did not say, build the church and then wait until people come to you. Well, that's what we did in Germany for centuries. And we have nice church buildings, unfortunately empty. He said, wait for the Holy Spirit and then go. Several months ago, someone said to me, yeah, Stefan, but the church building is a filling station for me. And I replied, yes, right, but how often do you go to the gas station? And why? And how long do you stay there? Would you like to stay there overnight? Or even live there? We fill up to get going. Go and tell takes place in the gym. Not in the gym of the Baptist church next door. In the city. Go and tell takes place in the cafe. Not in the church in the cafe. Not in the cafe in the church but in the city center. Go and tell takes place at school and not necessarily in a private Christian school. It happens in the supermarket, in the traffic. On August 29th, the son of my colleague and one of my best friends was run over by a truck on his bike on the way home from school and died. The pain is almost unbearable. The last book, Merlin was his name, read before he died was 10 questions every teen should ask and answer about Christianity by Rebecca McLaughlin. What does go and tell mean in a situation like this? Last week, the family, the parents visited his class in a normal state school the day before Merlin would actually turn 16 and gave this book to all the students and the teacher to encourage them to especially focus on the chapters about suffering and death. This is what go and tell can look like, can look like amid suffering in a secular German urban environment. Not all of us need to plant churches or go on mission abroad. Maybe some. But to be honest, there are enough poor and frustrated and needy church planters. But make lots of money, enable church planting, and while doing that, live in your job, in your family, in your neighborhood, as a missional life, as a missionary. If you ask me what we should have done differently in Germany, three things. One, seeing the value of our buildings more as training center, additional to using them as community building and learning center. Training center. Second, 
design worship services and church life in such a way that both skeptics and Christians are addressed at the same time and understand what it's all about. The gospel has the power to save and to transform at the same time. Three, train people to love your neighbors, to love our neighbors, and to communicate the gospel in an appropriate way. Spend time with friends and neighbors intentionally. Listen to them, learn from them, interact with them. That's not difficult and that's not dangerous. We are not selling a product. We want people to get a real relationship with a person, with Jesus. It's not about church. It's not about religion. It's about Jesus. I cannot answer what go and tell looks like for you specifically, but it might be different than you thought until just now. We are not talking about a behavior that you're supposed to do to be a good Christian. It's an invitation to participate in his work here on earth. And because we've been resuscitated back to life, our gratitude leads us to do the same for others. The Great Commission doesn't just apply when no one else comes. It applies now for us, for you, here. Because, because Abraham and the angels and Mary and Joseph and the shepherds, the Magi and Jesus, the disciples, they did not wait, but they went out. And this is the reason why we are sitting here today. To listen to the gospel that means go and tell. It takes trust to accept Jesus' invitation, follow me. And if you have not yet accepted this invitation, today could be your day. And it takes trust and courage to then go and tell. Following Jesus and his invitation, go and tell, is not a, is not a news that, that keeps tightening, but it's an invitation, invitation to a freedom that only his gospel can give us. Go and tell right where you are. Let's pray. Father, I want to thank you for your good news. Thank you, Jesus, that you have been obedient. You came from eternity to become flesh in the form of a baby to show us how God, your Father, is our Father. And Lord, your invitation is for us Follow me and go and tell and sit with sinners and tax collectors and tell them about the gospel. Lord, help us. Help us to listen and to apply what you have for us because you love this world, this broken world that so desperately needs you and good news. Help us to follow you, to trust you, 
and to glorify you with our lives. In your name, amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. Stay here, stay here. So um, I, I, I met Stefan over 15 years ago and in our first interactions, um, Bill Wellens and I spent some time with him in, in a, at a time when his church plant is just going was in a crisis, very difficult. And I've watched this man over the years navigate uh, tremendous challenges. I mean, we could spend the rest, another hour just talking about those. Some of those, some of those quite recent, as you heard his colleague losing a 16-year-old son in a, in a, in a biking accident. Um, Stefan making a move from a, a work that he was doing to another place and then finding this place was not what he thought it was <laughs> and having to adjust from that. Um, some challenges, of course, all of us have with parenting. Uh, Nada, his wife, uh, some, some physical issues that kept her from coming here. But the list could go on and on, could go on and on. And so I just want you to look at us <laughs> and tell us why you keep doing what you're doing. What would be the alternative? The people God had placed us in, in Germany, need the gospel. Mm-hmm. We are in a post-Christian, post-communistic, post-everything world. And I think when Jesus gave his life for his bride, we need or I want to give my life Mm -hmm. for his church. And if that means challenges, then it means challenges. And if it means suffering, then it means suffering. I'm grateful for your prayers for that. And if that means seeing no results, that means no results. God is sovereign. You know what I found? Yes. Years ago, it's well, gonna be there. okay. My little Igbok bracelet, my little thing, it's gonna, <laughs> it's gonna be okay. And it is. Yeah. So we, we're trying to be faithful and day by day yeah. do what we can, being aware that we are not the savior. Yeah. But our country and the European continent desperately needs the gospel and people who are willing to formulate and to contextualize and to do the hard work of not giving the answers that we gave over the last decades and centuries. But what does it mean really to to rethink all that without compromising the gospel? That's really hard work and that's what we're trying to help people and church planters and uh, pastors to understand. Yes. That's it. Show them what you showed us last service, the little, your little oh, thing that yeah. Since years, years ago when he spoke, he, he brought this up last service. Oh my gosh, I haven't seen that. In and I have it with me all the time. Oh, okay. And by the way, since 15 years, you pronounced, pron, pronounced my name the I, first time right. I know, I know. I, <laughs> y'all, it's, 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 but he never says it. Like, so I could say veal, veal, veal for 15 years, but he would never tell me it's vile. Until Tracy told me. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's, no, it's, it's good. This is a little Playmobil hammer. It's a tiny it's hammer. Plas- plastic Like a hammer. Lego hammer. And 
ministry in, in Germany and Europe feels like working with this hammer on bricks. <laughs> so true. You cannot see that we worked for years sometimes. And this is a reminder how ministry in Europe feels right now. But I, I mean, I cannot change that, mm. but the European context is like it is in God's providence. I don't know why, but this is, I want to use this, it looks a little stupid working on that sometimes, but it's, that's what we are called to do. Yeah. And this is a reminder, and this is a, think about this plastic hammer and pray for Europe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And maybe next time, I can bring the sledgehammer. And we have, I don't know. <laughs> perhaps, perhaps. Uh, Chris White, Chris, come on up here. I've asked Chris to join me. Chris is a, a former elder, but once an elder, always an elder. And, uh, and Chris, I want you to get behind Stefan. And even as he said that, pray for me in this German context and pray that that little plastic hammer in God, in God's hands, you see. Yes, it feels like a tiny plastic hammer. But what did Paul say? The power of the gospel mm-hmm. to change a life is God's power. And so put a hand on him and yeah. pray that, that that gospel, it's on. It should be on. Is it on? Are you on? Are we on here? Yeah, we're good. We're good. You're good. Okay. Father, thanks for bringing us here today. Mm-hmm. Thank you for Stefan and all that he's doing the work that you are doing in and through him. I'm, I, I sit in awe as I hear what he would tell the church in Germany about they need, they need to be about loving their neighbors. Yes. That they need to be a training center. Yes. That they need to be a place where truth is spoken to both believers and skeptics both. Mm-hmm. May that be the same for us. Jesus. Lord, I ask for your blessing on Stefan and, uh, and their church yes. and that that little hammer could become a sledgehammer. Yes. That your work that you desire to do through them will be accomplished. Yes. And Father, may that be the same for us. Mm-hmm. May we, about, may we be about the same things yes, Lord. that Stefan told us about. Yes. Jesus, we praise you. Thank we you. praise you for the work that you're doing. Thank we you. praise you that you don't leave us or forsake us, Mm-mm. that you indwell us by your spirit. Yes. And apart from your spirit, we can do nothing. That's right. And so we ask that you fill us up. Mm-hmm. You fill Stefan and his team up yes. and their church body. May you get all the glory. Mm-hmm. Thanks for loving us the way that you do and coming to earth and dying for us you, and doing for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. It's mm-hmm. in your mighty name, Jesus, yes. that we pray and believe. Amen. Amen. Chris, thank you. Thank you. Let's stand together. I'm going to invite Stefan to send us out with a prayer. Um, I also want to remind you, if you want someone to pray with you, we have people up front, so come up and and let us pray with you. Stefan will be down here as well. Um, Tim's down here, country champion, our, lo- our, our member here who's, you know, hosting Stefan, but who champions this partnership within the context of, of Fellowship Bible Church. And so, Stefan, I'm gonna ask you to pray over us and our body and that we might, as Chris said, 
live out some of those things that you said and that God through us might bless, I mean this, bless you and our, all of our global partners in the work that all of you are doing. So he's going to pray in German. So, And next Sunday, we're doing a class together. Oh, thank Sunday. you for reminding me that. Put this slide up real quick. Explain this. We are, we are deepening some of the questions. What, what did we learn in Europe? What can you perhaps learn here for your context? It's, it's, it's not a teaching class, but it's asking questions and thinking about what does it mean for your and for our context. And y'all, the chance to sit with someone like Stefan and just interact around, I just want you to take advantage of this. It, it will sharpen, it, it's like your eyes get opened to your own context when you hear how he is engaging his. So please make a note of that. Pray for us. Himmlischer Vater, ich danke dir für diese Familie, für deine geliebten Kinder und danke, dass du uns aussendest in deine geliebte Welt, damit wir deine gute Nachricht weitersagen. Ich danke dir für die Unterstützung, für die Gebete, für die Finanzen und für diesen Kontext hier in Franklin und Brentwood in Tennessee. Bitte öffne unsere Herzen und Augen für die Not, für die Situation, für Familien, für Kollegen, die dich nicht kennen, in der Art, wie du dich vorstellst. Und bitte nutzt diese Advents- und Weihnachtszeit. Bitte zeig Fellowship, wie sie hier dienen können, damit dein Reich sich vergrößert und Menschen dich kennenlernen. Bitte für die anderen Partner in ihrem Kontext. Herr, wir brauchen dich, diese Welt braucht dich und du hast dich hingegeben für uns. Bitte hilf uns, uns hinzugeben für dich und loszugehen und auszuteilen. Herr, ich bete und danke dir, dass du bist, wie du bist und ich bete, dass wir leben, damit du geehrt wirst. In deinem Namen. Amen. Amen. Y'all, we have gathered as we do week by week. We are celebrating the gospel of Advent. He's come. And in his coming, we get to go and tell. And that is how I send you out this morning. Amen. And God bless. Thank you. Amen.